SheMD is brought to you by eCare PSC. You can visit us at eCarePSC.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to SheMD Podcast. I am Marlies Hill, Ali MD. And I'm DJ KGB. And we are discussing depression and anxiety. This is actually episode seven. Okay. Um, it's not uncommon, okay, for someone with anxiety to also have depression or vice versa, okay? So that's why we're tackling them together. Nearly one half of those diagnosed with depression are also diagnosed with anxiety disorder. So I just want to throw that out there to let everybody know that's why we're covering them together, okay? So, as always, we start off with a, basically a patient of mine. So we have a 38-year-old female, young professional. Let's just call her Big Boss Lady. I like that name. Uh-huh. Big Boss She has earned that name, let me tell you. So she comes in for her appointment. She's having insomnia. It's not that she can't fall asleep. She can't stay asleep. Okay. So she's preparing for a big work project. It's an acquisition. This could see her executive leadership evolve into an officer position, you know, that's a big deal. So she's working long days, 14, 16 hour days. She's not eating well, not drinking enough water, definitely mm. not exercising as she's focused on this project. When asked more questions, um, she indicates that she's also having the same dream. Okay. She wakes up late for a final exam for a class that decides whether or not she graduates. Okay. She rushes out of bed, out of her dorm room to class, and when she gets there, she's stark naked. Wow, that reoccurring! Oh yeah, and that creates some wakes her up. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she needs a big indica blunt in there to put her to sleep. In. She's definitely having anxiety. Okay. Yes. And so she admits to also having panic attacks during the day. So while she's at work and progress reports are being presented. She's also having panic attacks in the middle of the progress reports. So she's sort of obviously not acting them out and being emotional, but she's literally under her skin having a panic attack. Mm. Like office space. Yeah. Those TPS reports are getting, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so she's very driven. So the question we're asking is, are type A people more prone to depression and anxiety? Does ambition make you prone to anxiety? I believe so. My little interjection, yes. Oh, yes. So what is the context in which she's having symptoms? So when she's having work stress, okay? She's ambitious. So she's taking on a big project that can help her in her ambition of growing into a higher level of leadership in this particular corporation. It's both professionally and personally challenging because she's not practicing good self-care. She's not eating well. She's not drinking water. She's not exercising during this. All of her efforts are going toward this big project. Okay. Like I said, it's taking her to the next level. With that next level, there's financial gains associated with it. There's clout professional gains. Yes. Right? Yes. Plus just the overall sense of accomplishment. So you, you add all these things together for a type A person. Sure. It can, these are not just her. These are 
things that this is a context in which all type A people can find themselves right. in. Right. Right. So, yes, absolutely. I think type A people are prone to anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think they are, mm-hmm. they're better at hiding it than other people. Yeah. And just uh, by putting in all their work, it compensates for it. I mean, sure. you, you, you're putting all these major efforts into something that is not con- necessarily conducive to your well-being. You know, like oh, like working. It's an investment. It, it, I understand that. I understand, but your investment is killing you. You understand? What I'm but they don't think about it like that because it's that's like true. Person that's true. Their investment is is work. You know, yeah, like they're like, right. I'm exactly. Like that's what I. Back yeah. What I'm exactly. Into. That's basically so, what I. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what, what I'm alluding uh, to. I'm trying to say. Yes. The cycle. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anxiety disorders uh, are the most common mental illness in the United States. Okay, it affects 40 million adults in the U.S. between the ages of 18 or greater than the age of 18. Okay, uh, this is about 18.1 percent of the U.S. population, and these this occurs, you know, every year. Mm-hmm. They're high. These anxiety disorders are highly treatable, highly treatable. Okay, yet only 37 percent of people will actually receive treatment. Okay, people with anxiety disorder are three to five times more likely to go to the doctor, i.e. the hypochondriac, right? And six times more likely to be hospitalized for psychiatric disorders than those who do not suffer from anxiety disorder. Wow. Yeah. That's a wealth of information. That's a wealth of information. Yes, because, yeah, you, I'm trying to connect the dots with somebody that I know mm-hmm. on a personal level mm-hmm. that, yeah, when you talk about the hypochondria, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I need to talk to this person. Mm-hmm. Tell her she's crazy. Anxiety disorders <laughs> develop, okay, from a complex set of risk factors, including genetics, brain chemistry, mm-hmm. personality, and life events. Childhood trauma, toxic relationships, cortisol levels, and all it. Those can impact Mm. anxiety disorder, right? Yeah. There are several categories anxieties can can be subdivided in, but we're going to generalize it here in an effort to educate everybody. So, bottom line is, is if you think you have anxiety. After we finish discussing it, you need to go see your doctor. Okay. So depression, get this. Now we just said anxiety affects 40 million adults in the United States. Okay. Depression affects 322 million people worldwide. 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 Okay. Losing a loved one, getting fired from a job, going through a divorce and other difficult situations can lead to a person feeling sad, lonely, and scared. These feelings are normal reactions to life stressors, okay? Most people feel low and sad at times. However, in the case of individuals who are diagnosed with depression as a psychiatric disorder, the manifestation of the low mood is more severe, much more severe, and much more persistent. Depression occurs more often in women than men. If you're in Kentucky and you do not have a doctor, please go to www.ecarepsc.com mm-hmm. and find 
an appointment date and time that works best for you. We would love to help you with your depression and anxiety if you do not already have a physician. And please reach out. Yeah, reach out to somebody. To somebody, at least. Doesn't have to be. It's, it's very us. lonely. It makes you Doesn't feel have to be Dr. Very, Ali. very lonely. Right. But please, we do entertain all questions and mm-hmm. it's confidential. Absolutely. It's we will not use real names no. or anything like that. No. It's HIPAA compliant. Absolutely. So what does anxiety anxiety look like in everyday life, DJ KGB? Okay. Well, it's very insightful for someone to say, I am feeling anxious. Most people don't do that, right? Most times people have other symptoms. They have just tension headaches. Mm-hmm. Signs of, you know, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. You can have irritable bowel, mm-hmm. which is uh, a manifestation of anxiety. Uh, rapid breathing, such as what you have during a panic attack, right? Right. Uh, heart racing, pounding, uh, that overall sense of fear, irritability, nervousness, nail biting, flat out tremors, just shaking. Okay. All those are signs of anxiety. The rapid breathing, the lightheadedness, the dizziness, that is a panic attack. Panic attacks affect 6 million adults. In the U.S., 2.7% of the United States population. Women are twice as likely as men to be affected. Um, And this is diagnosed in people who experience spontaneous, seemingly out-of-the-blue panic attacks and are very preoccupied with the fear of a recurring attack. Panic attacks occur unexpectedly, sometimes even when waking up from sleep. Panic disorder usually begins in adulthood after the age of 20. But children can also have panic disorder, and many children experience panic-like symptoms, fearful spells. A panic attack is the abrupt onset of intense fear, okay, or discomfort that reaches its peak within minutes and includes at least four of the following symptoms, DJ KGB. Palpitations. Palpitations. Pounding heart, accelerated heart rate, sweating, trembling, shaking, shortness of air, feeling like they're smothering. Like they're choking, chest pain or discomfort, nausea, abdominal distress, feeling dizzy, unsteady, lightheaded, faint, chills or heat sensation of paresthesia or numbness, tingling sensation, derealization or feeling of unreality, like this uh, out-of-body experience, being detached from oneself, right? Uh, Fear of losing control or going crazy, fear of dying. Okay. So anxiety and and panic disorder is a form of anxiety. You can have panic attacks. Okay. And these symptoms of panic attack are unpredictable, uh, unprovoked sometimes, and intense. An intense fear. You ever had a panic attack? Yes, I have. Yes, I've had As a ma- panic attack too. I've, I, I think a lot of people experience this. Mm-hmm. My first panic attack that I can recall, it was maybe six months ago. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I, I don't know. I just know I wasn't in my right self. Sure. Uh, 
things kind of felt claustrophobic to me. Yeah, like that smothering. Yeah, that smother. Yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had to go outside for some fresh air. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm telling you the truth. I medicated myself and drunk a whole lot of water, and I calmed myself down through meditation. Mm-hmm. And everything was fine after that. The ordeal lasted. Uh, let's say a half hour for me, mm-hmm. you know, between the onset of the panic attack until I calmed myself down. But I knew I was having something and that has never happened to me before. But yeah, I've had, I've had a panic attack. I acknowledge it. And with <laughs> your, uh, eminent knowledge and talking to, you know, your husband, my brother-in-law, I, I, yeah, I, I knew how to deal with it. You know, That's I, right. I, I, I I knew how to, let's say I knew how to deal with sure. it. I knew what was happening. I knew how to deal with it. And yeah, I can acknowledge that, you know. I'm, okay, you I'll know. do you one even better. I had a panic attack recently, okay? It was unprovoked, but I had some stuff going on. Right, trying to right, we all do. sort through what's do. going on, and it's, it's, it's coming up on me, and I have this intense fear. Now, for those of you all who know me, you know I don't fear anything. Right, same here. I got, right, I'm friend. You know, hey, only God can judge me. I've always been like that. So for me to have this intense fear, that was deep to me. Mm-hmm. And then as I had it and I started having this feeling of smothering, of claustrophobia, I had chest pain. I'm like, what in the world is going on? I'm like, oh, are you having a panic attack? Yeah. So, I sit down on the floor, my yoga stance, and I start doing my deep breaths and meditating, breathing, focusing on, you know, peace and quiet and stillness. I have this whole meditation I, I do where I focus in on. Right. Right. I do this whole meditation. I finally calm myself down. Like you said, it's about 30 minutes. But when you're having it and if you don't have the tools to deal with it, you feel like, oh, my God, I'm going crazy. Because like there was a point where, you know, you feel yourself getting worked up. And like it says, you like a fear of going crazy. Like you feel like I'm so unreal. Yes. Yes, so I'm at right? myself. I'm, yeah, right. and then all of a sudden, or you just I, have this thing. I'm like, oh my you're God, overwhelmed. Exactly. You're overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed. That is the perfect way to describe it. And then all of a sudden, it happens. So the point is, is that people go through this. Okay, it happens, and it's something that you know can be treated. You can treat it yourself just by breathing. Mm-hmm. Okay, the vagus nerve connects your brain all the way down through your. To your gut. Say that again, the vagus nerve. You know, I'm an inquisitive person. Did you say vagus? Vagus, V-A-G-U-S, not vagus, V-E-G-A-S. Uh, you know, you know me. <laughs> hey, I'm a simple guy with a simple mind. I need yeah. clarification. Okay, and it, and it runs through the diaphragm, right? Mm-hmm. So by changing your rate of breathing, deep breathing, while they say take deep breaths, count to 10. Right. It's because you can manipulate the vagus nerve. Okay, and when you do that deep breathing, you are manipulating the vagus nerve and tricking your body into calming down. There are so many different rhythmic breathing techniques that are used by 
all kind of people, like mm-hmm. special ops people, intelligence training yeah. to keep them calm during stressful situations. Yes, yes. So they can think clearly. And so there are so many different breathing. That's why meditation is important and deep breathing is important mm-hmm. because you can manipulate the vagus nerve and get yourself to calm down so you can think more rationally. Yes. And there's tons of information about it on the internet. I am almost positive I put something on SheMD's Facebook page about yoga and breathing because I am an avid yoga practicer. Okay, avid. I love yoga. It makes my life better and it makes me calm and it keeps me happy and sane and um, it gives me joy and so I love yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, yes, and yes, that helps with you, your mood. Any kind of exercise helps to release endorphins to help you feel better about you know um, life in general. Right, I and like you said, after a panic attack, I you know going out and taking a walk. Oh yeah, getting, being in get, nature is yeah, very being healing. in nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or maybe or maybe doing your hobby or something or yeah. whatever. Yeah, getting yeah, getting, I love, getting I the stress to roller skating, in, y'all. I right. love roller skating, and I'm trying to find the time to fit time to do it but when you on the roller rink and you're mm-hmm. skating you don't feel nothing but the music going through you and you move into the rhythm it just makes you feel so happy and it's good exercise too yeah I go so out find your house hey I, yeah I go, go out go on a hike go in nature go to a park go down to a, 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 a water a body of water whether it be a lake a river a pond an ocean do something. Yeah, my thing is silhouette shooting, and you have silhouette shooting. So. Yes, breathing techniques. Mm-hmm. Shooting, shooting a rifle down range. Yeah, there are certain uh-huh. breathing well, techniques there, that yep. you use that you know where you can uh, get yourself aligned to where you sure aim at the target just for elevation Absolutely. and windage. And hey, it's a hobby. Yep. Or I make my beats. There you go. So. Did you KGB like guns and and beats? Well, that's the name of your next CD: Guns and Beats. Guns and Beats. Hey, it's an idea. Guns and Beats. You shouldn't have told me that. Now you know I'm gonna run with it. You have just relieved my anxiety. See, that's why we keep her around. That's why we keep her around. She's the greed. She's a doctor. She's smart. That's why she got the brains. I got. Talent, hey, hey. That's just true. guns and beats, hey, guns and beats. Mm-hmm. It's going triple platinum, Tri- triple platinum. Oh, That's I'm right. great. Yeah, it's great. Go triple platinum, great stream billions. Okay, let's get back on topic. All right, so depression, you know, and men, how does depression manifest itself? Yeah. Usually, it's fatigue, mm-hmm. tiredness, irritability, and anger. Mm-hmm. They may show more reckless behavior. Or abuse drugs and alcohol. They also tend to not recognize that they're depressed and fail to seek help. In women, depression tends to manifest as sadness, worthlessness, and guilt. In younger children, depression is more likely to manifest as school refusal, anxiety when separated from parents, and worrying about parents dying. Depressed teenagers tend to be irritable, sulky, and get into trouble in school. They also frequently have comorbid anxiety, eating disorders, or substance abuse. In older adults, depression may manifest more subtly 
as they tend to be less likely to admit to feelings of sadness or grief. And medical illnesses, which are more common in this population, also contribute or cause the depression. And this is real. My mother's older, and and she's my mother's depressed, and she will not admit it. And it's okay. It's okay to say you're depressed. I've had depression. I've had anxiety. We just disposed. <laughs> I've had panic attack. And I think it's it. Life is fluid. Right. You know, you we all have everything. But just like that, I have happiness and I have joy and I have laughter and I have fun. Right? And then it goes back to what we said in the previous episode about coping mechanisms. Yes. If we can, if we can take our audience and give them some type of way to, let's say, make the river flow in another direction. There you go. Because get out of the depression lane. That's it. It's not a stagnant pool. Yes. I keep saying this. The Avatar cartoon is one of the best cartoons ever made. Mm-hmm. And the best episode was the one where he goes back to the air temple and there was a, a, a teacher there to teach him how to unlock his avatar state. Right. And they start talking about how to unlock your chakras. Yes. And how there are pools of energy and how you your pools of energy can be stagnant. It's the same thing. We're saying but we're using Western terms of depression and anxiety. Right. Mm hmm. They're talking about stagnant pools of their chakras, mm-hmm. screwing them up. Well, we're calling it depression and anxiety, but it's the same, same thing. Right. Okay. So, in essence, life is fluid. Okay. You will have life experiences. You may have so many life experiences that are negative that it results in you having a down move for a prolonged period of time. That is the situation that you're dealt with that doesn't mean you have to stay that way that doesn't mean that that's a permanent place where you will be for the rest of your life life is fluid it's like a sound wave you have peaks you have valleys and you have this steady state line in the middle that tells you where you are mm-hmm. life is just like that sine wave right mm-hmm. and so you you have to you have to learn how to surf that sine wave and yeah, we have amplitude. Yes, that's right. We have and we have those mm-hmm. sounds, but you have to learn how to surf it, and it's okay to mm-hmm. acknowledge when you're down because some yeah. messed up stuff happens in life, and you should be down. If you're not down, then something is really wrong. Wow. <laughs> okay. I'm an audio guy. Yeah, being out of phase. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's definitely out of phase. Yeah. If something traumatic has happened to you, and you can't acknowledge one that is traumatic and. I'm really upset about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So again, all right. The most common diagnosed form of depression is major depression. And in 2015, around 16.1 million adults aged 18 or older in the U.S. had experienced at least one major depression episode in the last year. This represented 6.7% of all American adults. Depression is the leading cause of disability, y'all, in the United States among people ages 15 to 44. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Depression and, and is the leading cause of disability in the United States from the, people ages 15 to 44. And those statistics are astounding. That, that's, that's just astounding. a telltale marker. A of we are what, not what, discussing right. what's bothering us. Right. You know, we used to have... Right. Uh, we, Church was more than religion. Church was a uh, culture. Yes. 
because yeah. church led to Sunday dinner. Sunday dinner is when you talked about all your problems. Well, uh, the church used to be the center. It, if you go to these old towns, especially over in Europe, mm-hmm. the, the center of town is the church. Exactly. Okay. And those new, you go to those new cities, towns up in New England, you know, people settle here, settle here. Yeah, the cultural center of the town mm-hmm. was the church. Right. And yeah, that's, yeah, right. we're away from that. We're, it, we're, we're way, way away from that. So we're away from a time and a culture where we dedicated a day to spiritual renewal for mm-hmm. relationship renewal Mm-hmm. And for problem solving, because that's what Sundays were for me growing up. We would go to church. We would come home. We would have Sunday dinner. Mm-hmm. During church, we would have our spiritual engagement. I would, you know, deal right. with my problems. You could get advice spiritually. Then you come it, home. You talk to your parents at dinner about something that's going on. Get advice from that. You and know be I mean? refreshed. And be refreshed after church and going into right. dinner. Yeah, and you you start your week refreshed. We have turned into a culture that no longer um, values that. Um, We've turned into a culture that no longer sees why that's necessary. And I think that that is contributing to these rates of depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay. Like they say, misery loves company. Yes. Okay. So, like I said, depression, anxiety... They're like heads and tails of a coin, okay? They coexist, okay? And we don't seek help from this. Why, DJ KGB, do we not seek help for depression and anxiety? Why? Why do Why do we not go? Because of the stigma. I know. But there are misperceptions. Because of the misperceptions, the stigma of just... Just... The cult, look in African American community, community, the cultural stigma of just sitting up and like, "Hey, man, I have a mental problem," and trying to tell somebody that is that's a big mountain to climb. Somebody, that's climbing Mount Everest. It's an insurmountable that's what, peak. That's true, but that's many. why I love what Charlemagne. And, you know, Joe Budden, they're highlighting the fact that mental illness is a real thing. Like yes. Taraji, I love yes. the foundation she set up. We as a people, we as a people have to recognize the fact that uh, psychologically, you can be ill. Just like physically, you can be ill. See, we can equate being physically ill to going to the doctor, going to the hospital. We can equate being spiritually ill to going to church all the time. But for some reason, we are not willing to allow for or allow for the 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 possibility that people can be psychologically ill. Uh, just just straight up. Most people a sign of weakness. It's yeah. a sign of we- yeah. It's a sign of weakness to let to let somebody see you down, especially out here on the streets. You out here on these streets, you, but you know what? Yeah. If 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 you know, if a thug has got renal problems, and and he's out here, you know, trapping or banging or whatever he's doing, he, I bet you he's going to the doctor for his renal. Problems. Yeah, because that's an immediate physical problem. But, right. but in the mind, but the same dude say you got yeah. somebody else in your in your crew. Banging and trapping. He got anxiety disorder. He got a gun. 
All right, he's nervous. He's thinking somebody trying to come take his stuff. He's just shooting people left and right. He ends up in jail. It's compounding his anxiety, right? He's in the very place he don't want to be. Right. He's it. Why is it that we can't acknowledge the fact that psychologically, right? There, there is no weakness, weakness. in saying, "I don't feel right." Mm-hmm. There's no weakness in that. We're mm-hmm. gonna. The next episode is about substance abuse, and we're gonna get into that too because. A lot of times we we tend to self-medicate when we have depression and anxiety. Yes. Okay. I think that's what we think. Like, like Dave Chappelle said it. Black kids don't have psychiatrists. Mm-mm. We got the liquor store. We got the liquor store. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. You know, it's just like we when we get into this, we're going to talk about the difference and how they're responding the to the dealer. opiate epidemic right. versus how they responded to the crack ep- epidemic. Right. But my point being is, is that you got these different resources out here. All these kids have smartphones and stuff. I'm going to need y'all to start looking up some stuff that helps y'all with your depression and anxiety. I need y'all to acknowledge that it's there first. Okay. And that it's okay for it to be there. Because we, as a people, have experienced some traumatic things, okay? Like I tried to say during that childhood trauma thing, if you go and take that ACE quiz, that... that uh, and you fall up under these, this yeah, category. Yeah, yeah. ACE, you know, school. to assess yeah. your, your mm-hmm. uh, childhood trauma, it will shock you to know what percent you are scoring in regard to this test, okay? That trauma has an impact on how you respond to everything, okay? It affects your mood. It affects how you respond to other people. It colors everything, okay? It colors everything. Um, so the patient we discussed earlier, I sent her back to our behavioral health therapist. I instructed her she needed to start yoga class three days a week. When we did start her on an antidepressant, we started her on some Selexa. At her follow-up appointment, she reported she's sleeping better. Good. Okay. She is seeing her therapist. She's gained some insight into her behavior mm-hmm. and her personal choices as they contribute to her anxiety and panic attacks as well as depression. People with anxiety disorder tend to take on more than they should and then panic when they don't have enough time or energy to get things done. I'm guilty of that myself. Okay. So big boss lady just big boss lady. Yeah, dial just it down dial a it bit. down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Right. You still a big boss lady. You're a big boss lady because you you're doing you, but you you also need to understand you you're human. And she realizes she has some depression. Calm your nerves. And she realizes and this predates anxiety. Be she still. actually, you know, revealed so she was referred to a psychiatrist Simmer for evaluation and management. She continues with her therapist. She continues her yoga and her Selexa. Chill. Okay. So like I said, down moods, they're normal and they're temporary. But when your down mood worsens and persists and continues, you need to seek professional help, medical help. You need to see your doctor. Your doctor can teach point you in the right direction. Your primary care doctor can point you in the right direction to the therapist or psychiatrist you need. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And persist- that's the easy part. That's the easy part. And that's the okay? easy part. Because persistently people. down moods or persistently fearfully agitated moods are not normal. That's not normal. You need to tell your doctor if you're experiencing any of these symptoms. Okay? The longer they go on and the more severe 
the impact will be on your life, on your interpersonal relationships, on your job performance, and on your quality of life, okay? As we say always, if you don't have a physician and you are in the state of Kentucky, www.ecarepse.com. You can pick your appointment. We would love to help you because um, this is real. A lot. I hear people a lot of times say things like, oh, uh, well, you know, I just, I couldn't deal with this. So I left. I couldn't deal with this. I had a, a person who worked for me before and she had a meltdown one day I wasn't there just had a wow. meltdown okay her and the manager yeah. had a, a standoff and the manager fired her what she didn't realize is that I had been talking to this young lady about the fact that she had anxiety she had social anxiety mm-hmm. so it was very difficult when agitated patients were sent to her about an issue that could have been handled much differently right okay and what it created was conflict because she wasn't the one that's gonna she's she's you know she's she's from the hood she ain't gonna sit there and cry mm-hmm. what do we do we get mad mm-hmm. yeah we get angry okay so that anger presented itself it caused a conflict with the manager some things were said and then it resulted in this young lady's termination I'm saying this to say that you need to really be mindful of what people can be going through in life. It is so much easier to be kind than it is to be judgmental. It is so much easier to say, hey, is there something that I can maybe help you with? Is there, you know, do you need a listening ear? Because you'd be surprised at what people are going through in life. And you'd be surprised at how that you may be the only person that has shown them kindness at all at that very point in time during a time when they needed it most. So I tell people, you know, be mindful, have some empathy, have some compassion on people. And when you, when you roll up on somebody, you know, when they're not having a good day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Try not to make it worse. Try to brighten their day. Okay, very few people are just flat out nasty. Oh, yeah. Situations can make people that way. These things can get out of hand they real get fast. Out of hand real fast. Yeah, so, just off a couple words. Off a couple words, because you'd be surprised. I just gave you the statistics. You know, 40 million people are having anxiety disorder in the U.S., 18 years or older. Six million people are having panic uh, uh, disorder here in the U.S., okay? 320 million people around the world are suffering from depression and anxiety. Okay? So be kind. Okay? If you're suffering from any of these symptoms, seek help. We're a resource. Go to your own doctor if you have one as a resource. But get some help. We are trying to get to the point to where we are exhibiting excellence. And you can only give that when you live in your best life. Okay, you gotta, like your boy says, smile. You gotta smile, right? You gotta live your best life. You can't mm-hmm. live your best life if you're anxious and depressed. Okay? True. So seek help if you have any of those symptoms. If you don't have a doctor, holla at your girl. Okay. Holla, holla, holla. Holla, holla, holla. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. www.ecarepsc.com. Say again. www.ecarepsc.com. Thank you, everyone. 
This was She MD Podcast, Episode 7, Depression and Anxiety. We hope that some of the information we've given you has been helpful. We are here as a resource. Please reach out to us if we can be of any assistance and help you with any of these particular issues with uh, depression and anxiety. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Peace. SheMD is brought to you by eCare PSC. You can visit us at eCarePSC.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to SheMD Podcast. I am Marlies Hill Ali, MD. And I'm DJ KGB. And we are discussing depression and anxiety. This is actually episode seven. Okay. Um, it's not uncommon, okay, for someone with anxiety to also have depression or vice versa, okay? So that's why we're tackling them together. Nearly one half of those diagnosed with depression are also diagnosed with anxiety disorder. So I just wanted to throw that out there to let everybody know that's why we're covering them together, okay? So, as always, we start off with a, basically a patient of mine. So we have a 38-year-old female, young professional. Let's just call her Big Boss Lady. I like that name. Uh-huh. Big Boss She has earned that name, let me tell you. So she comes in for her appointment. She's having insomnia. It's not that she can't fall asleep. She can't stay asleep. Okay. So she's preparing for a big work project. It's an acquisition. This could see her executive leadership evolve into an officer position, you know, that's a big deal. So she's working long days, 14, 